How can a man get started with ministering to his family and laying a good spiritual foundation? What are some things a new pastor should be looking for in a church where he wants to invest his ministry? And is Jeremiah 10 about Christmas trees? The answers when we understand the text. Seasons greetings from your friends at When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible commentary to help you grow in God's Word, that we may be fully equipped for every good work. Tell all your friends about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. And I am sorry to everybody for the last couple of episodes coming in late. That's my fault. Well, and uh, it's ish. Yeah, it's because uh, I haven't had much of a voice. Yeah, you were sick. I was struggling to hold on to my voice there at the end of the week. So the Thursday study was late, and then we're getting the Friday study on right before midnight on Friday. So it's going to make it on Friday. (laughs) Barely. Yeah, it's just just barely going to get on. Depends on your time zone. (laughs) No, it matters what our time zone Uh, is. It doesn't matter what everybody else's is. (laughs) Those poor people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, By the way, with our moves and everything, so so our, our moves over the last... Three, four years. Yeah. Somebody had emailed. I didn't copy this email, but somebody had emailed and said, you seem to be moving further west. How long until you get to California? Ah. We actually don't. We we have not been moving further west. This is the first time we've ever moved west. That's true. The first move we made from the parsonage to our first house on Webster Street in Junction City. Was east. Was east. Mm Mm-hmm. Then when we moved from Junction City to Lindale, that was east. That was also east, more south, almost straight, but it was east. It was, yeah, it was still east. Yeah, almost directly south. Almost. But it was a little bit to the east. Uh Uh-huh. So this move to Arizona is really the first time we've moved west. That's true. So we're not progressively moving west. (laughs) (laughs) We're more like uh, did the the two-step. Yeah, the two-step. The two-step? Yeah. Wait, oh, because because two steps east and then and then one. Well, west. well, we made yeah three steps east, but was that right? No, two steps east. You're right. You're right. You counted it right. Aha. Yeah, I'm on top. So of the it. two steps were, <laughs> and then a huge step back to the west. Yeah, you know that's what we did. Yeah, but no, we're not we're not moving progressively further west. We're in Arizona. We are in Arizona. We are at Providence Reformed Baptist Church in Casa Grande. Come visit us. And very happy to be here. It is awesome. And now uh, Daryl and Melissa Harrison are in Gilbert, yes. Arizona. Just moved just from north of us. Yep. Just moved from California to Gilbert in the same month that we moved. Yes. So we're looking forward to heading up there and seeing them sometime. Of course. Blessed to hear from you guys and glad you were able to get through that move safe. And we're happy that you're our neighbors. <laughs> yeah. By about 40 minutes, but yeah, we're a lot closer than we were before. So this being the Friday edition of the broadcast, we take questions from the listeners when we understand the text at gmail.com. I've been trying to start with a psalm. Okay. So let's do our psalm first and That's then we'll right. get to the questions. Mm-hmm. Psalm 5. For the choir director, for the flutes, a psalm of David. This is one of my favorite psalms. And incidentally, one of my favorite sermons hmm. that I did through a psalm was the sermon I did in Psalm 5. Okay. And believe it or not, that was uh, the Sunday right between Christmas and Easter. Hmm. This is not really a, a Christmas-themed psalm, but that's when, I did, that's when I did that psalm. 
right between Christmas and Easter. Oh, what? Yeah, what am I thinking? It was between Christmas and Easter, but it was between. <laughs> I was going to say um, Christmas and New Year's. But there's more than just one Sunday in between. <laughs> but that makes more sense. Yes, it was the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, not Easter. Check, check, check. Good grab, okay, okay. good grab. Yeah. Just, just clarifying, you know. <laughs> This is a little longer than the Psalms that we've done the last few weeks. Give ear to my words, O Yahweh. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. O Yahweh, in the morning you will hear my voice. In the morning I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil does not sojourn with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all workers of iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. Yahweh abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. But as for me, in the abundance of your loving kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will worship in fear of you. O Yahweh, lead me in your righteousness because of my foes. Make your way straight before me. There is nothing reliable in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction itself. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongues. Hold them guilty, O God. By their own devices, let them fall. In the abundance of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. And may you shelter them that those who love your name may exalt in you. For it is you who blesses the righteous one, O Yahweh. You surround him with favor as with a large shield. Hmm. So this being one of those Psalms that would be categorized as imprecatory. Okay. Because you're praying a curse upon those who would do evil. Yeah. But notice that the appeal of David here, since David is the writer of this psalm, is that they would fall by their own devices. It's not just God smite the people I don't like. Right. But he says, hold them guilty, O God, by their own devices. Yeah. Let them fall. In the abundance of their transgressions, thrust them out, for they are rebellious against you. Mm -hmm. It is asking that God's righteousness would prevail. And that those who would do wickedly would not succeed by their satanic schemes, mm -hmm. but that God's goodness would be done in the earth. Yeah. Amen. It is. Uh, it, we always kind of war with those imprecatory psalms. Like, is it okay to pray this kind of thing? Yeah. Against people. David is not saying something <laughs> about someone in particular. Mm -hmm. He's talking about all those who will do unjustly wanting God's justice to prevail in the earth. That's a good thing. But when we want God's justice to be done in the earth, we have to understand, we have to recognize that means that those who deal unjustly mm. will be destroyed. Right. Every time we pray, Lord Jesus, come quickly as John does at the end of revelation. Yeah. We're saying something imprecatory. Yep. I mean, you might be praying that from the standpoint of, Lord Jesus, come quickly and take me home. Yes. But do you understand that when Christ returns, he's going to. Yeah. He's striking down the nations with a rod of iron. Mm -hmm. He comes in war as Revelation 19 describes. Right. But I mean, we, we can take comfort in the fact that the Lord knows the heart 
And so he will not be judging a person that didn't deserve it. Right. Right. Exactly. And so he would not be casting. I I don't know how to say that. um, His judgment upon. He's not going to he's not dealing with anyone unjustly. Right. So I think it was yesterday. Yesterday's episode going through Isaiah Mm might have been that one where I made the comment that that everyone when we are brought before the great white throne of judgment, Mm -hmm. everyone receives justice. No one will receive injustice. Right. So for those for those who will enter into the kingdom of God for eternity, Mm -hmm. we receive justice in the sense that Christ took the penalty for us, Mm -hmm. for our sins. When we reference first John one nine, if we ask forgiveness for our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness mm. because Christ took the penalty for us. Right. So we receive justice in that sense that the justice we deserve or the judgment we deserve was taken upon Christ when he died on the cross for our sins. Mm-hmm. Those who will perish in judgment, who did not believe in Christ and therefore his blood is not upon them. They receive justice too. They get what yeah. they deserve. It's true. Yeah. Because of their sins and and no one to atone for their sins since they did not put their faith in Jesus. So the the judgment of God it rightly falls upon those who do wickedly. And this is something we need to recognize in the scriptures. Psalm 5 5, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate, God hates all workers of iniquity. Mm. But share that with somebody who is in sin, who is walking in sin, that they may fear God and hopefully get away from that, you know, common American evangelical trope. of God loves you. God loves everybody. Yeah. God's wrath is upon you if you are not in Christ. Mm-hmm. He if you become a follower of Jesus, then you come to recognize he loved you enough not to destroy you where you were in rebellion against God. Yes. And that's Romans 2. Do you not realize that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Yeah. And so the kindness that he exercised toward you is that you wouldn't perish in your sin. Yeah. But then turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we we recognize that aspect, that attribute of God in Psalm 5.5. You hate workers of iniquity. And share that with somebody who's not a follower of Christ so that they will not come into the uh, the wrong understanding. God just loves me. God loves everybody. Yeah. He loves me where I am. I remember that being part of your testimony about, yeah. you know, I just thought God loved my beautiful face. <laughs> he just wants me to be happy because God wants me to be happy. Yeah. So I'm going to do whatever makes me happy. How could, how could God not love me? I'm so lovable. Yes. Lovable. Lovable. Yeah. And then I, and then I uh, grew up in my faith to recognize I'm not very lovable. Oh, I am so lovable <laughs> all the time. <laughs> no, I'm really not. It's okay. <laughs> I love you all the time. Well, I'm glad you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's different than saying you're lovable all the time. Uh-huh, <laughs> exactly. I know, I know it swings back on this side of the table, too, though. So, uh, uh, yeah, this we is, all have our faults. That's right. I had to apologize to my wife for childish behavior just the other morning. Yeah. She didn't get mad at me, but I knew I was not acting in a way that was lovable. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly it. Yep. 
So this being Friday, we take questions from the listeners and uh, you can send those questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. As you will see by some of these emails that I'm going to read here today, we get more than just questions. We do. So we love getting uh, the, you know, the little things you send to us. Some, sometimes gifts in the mail. We get gifts in the mail. We do. Scott. I love it when that happens. Yes. Scott, thank you for the Christmas ornament you gave us. Oh, yes. It's beautiful. I put it on the tree and have taken a picture of it. I can't remember if I sent the picture to Scott. I'll have to double check. Yeah, but definitely. We'll send you a picture. So the it's a it's an ornament that says Hughes family 2023, our first Christmas in Casa Grande. Oh, that's what's printed on the it. ornament. So it's so pretty. Thank you very much. This first question, this is from James. Well, this first email is from James. And he does have a question in here. Okay. Hello, Gabe and Babe. I was looking at my Spotify wrapped. So remember, we talked about this last week. Spotify, oh, yeah. Spotify will send you, here's the podcast that you listened to the most this year. Yeah. And he says, what was my number one podcast this year? Yay! I'm a local fuel delivery driver in the Kansas City area. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kansas City is not one of my favorite uh, that, towns to navigate. That's a tough city to drive. I listen to your podcast as part of my daily rotation of podcasts. Thank you for the time you dedicate and the sacrifice you make to continue putting out episodes all week. I included a screenshot of my listening for you. My wife and I had our first baby two months ago. Aww, congratulations. And I was wondering if you had any tips for setting a good foundation now to lead a godly family. Hmm. Thank you again for all you do, your brother in Christ. Well, this is the number one piece of advice that I give to anybody a, especially a dad, a husband, a head of a household, mm-hmm. it is never too soon for you to begin reading the Bible together as a family. Amen. Like, even if it's just you and your bride, mm-hmm. as the head of your household, as the one who is the spiritual leader of your house, if if your household only consists of your bride, have time in the day, whether it's in the morning before you get started with things or when you're gathered around the dinner table in the evening Open up a Bible and just read from it. Mm-hmm. Do your devotions together. For us, it's usually been at supper time when we gather as a family. I'm trying to move that into the mornings. Yeah. So we can all do that together in the morning. Mornings are just rough. Mo- mornings are hard. Because, I mean, it's not like we're always available. There's some days We'll have different morning that, schedules. Yeah, yeah. That differ. In- but we're all home at the same time to do supper. <clears throat> For the most part, yeah. So that's why it's easy most of the time in the evening. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm trying to do, since we've moved to Casa Grande, what I'm trying to do is move it into the morning so we can start with prayer and Bible study. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, since I'm giving the two older kids guitar lessons of doing worship songs mm. in the evening together. Uh-huh. And so this becomes their practice, too, so that we can, we can play. Yeah. We'll have a chorus of guitars. We have a lot of guitars. <laughs> Aria wants to be included in that. She, she's she our nine-year-old. Does. Yeah. I've not messed with her guitar enough. Yeah. I know it'll hold it to... Like, like sometimes you get those little kid guitars and they don't... Uh, <laughs> they start twanging about you halfway can't, through. <laughs> yeah. you they, they don't really tune right. No. Because they they're made to just be toys. They're not right. really made to, to you know, play. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure that that was a, a real guitar. That was, we bought it from a friend. Yeah. So I know that it does. I've just not messed with it. Yeah. Or changed strings on it or anything like that. So I got to change strings on mine. Ugh. <laughs> well, I have two. 
But I'm I'm giving uh the one of them to Zeej as he's moving into a larger guitar. Oh yeah. And then the other one that I have not regularly played, that's the one I need to change the strings on. But gotcha. Anyway. Yeah, is this answering the question? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Never too early to start Ramblings. reading the Bible together. <laughs> yeah, and don't feel like, too, that you have to do it every single day. Because mm-hmm. you can get really discouraged with that. Yeah. Oh, man, we missed today. And then yeah. the discouragement turns into we haven't done it this week at all. Right. You know, that's sort of it. Just don't think that it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But schedule that time and decide this is when we're going to be together to do devotions, to uh, uh, read the Bible pray Mm -hmm. a good way to grow in prayer and this is not something that i've done lately but i want to move into Mm -hmm. um is doing a prayer journal so have a family prayer journal yeah and that also will help you you know it's it's not just prayers at bedtime where you're uh okay who are we praying for Who's got medical needs? Yeah, uh, you know, and, and then, sporadic. right? You're just kind of throwing it together, and it's not very intentional. Mm-hmm. But if it's during your devotion time, whether that's in the morning, uh, whether that's in the morning or evening or wherever that is, uh, you have a prayer journal where you're writing down those things that you've prayed for, mm-hmm. and then you can even go back and see how God has answered those prayers. Mm-hmm. And so that's especially if you have kids, that helps the kids to see. Wow, prayer works, you know. Yeah. And this is this is what the Lord has been doing for us through prayer. And and I wouldn't sweat too much about the the kids not being able to read it. You can explain and point to the words when they're like really little, when they're starting to understand. Cuz I mean, there's so many things that our 2-year-old picks up that one would not expect at all. Yeah, I know, it's pretty amazing. And uh and so but but that's because we we constantly talk to him. We constantly explain things, constantly read things to him. And I think he just <clears throat> he's flourishing underneath that. For him following example seems oh, to be a bigger deal. Oh man, no joke. Tonight I tonight <laughs> I was impressed by when we were praying he folded his hands on the edge of the table and put his head down. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen him do that before. Yeah, he does that. So usually he's folding his hands. He's looking around at the rest of us. Yeah. And he's like, what are you all doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's good example or bad example. They, they follow them, follow you when they're young. Right. They follow so. your habits. Yeah. That's true. They'll amplify all of your habits. Yeah. Especially the bad ones. But it all has to be intentional. You can't just expect that these yeah. things are going to happen. And that, that's especially the case for us because it's very easy as a pastor to just think, you know, my kids are getting it. I'm a pastor. Right. We're at the church all the time. Yes. But we have to be we have to be deliberate about those family times. Yeah. That we're together. Well, I mean, there's no telling they might not have a, a pastor husband or, a, or be a pastor themselves. And so they they would need to know how to do it in their daily life. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that, like, for so us... You, you set the example for them on how to do it when they're older. I'm just saying, for us, it seems that it's we can get into the mindset, or, or somebody in ministry can get into that mindset. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, this is from Jake. Dear Gabe and yawning babe, <laughs> as your 10 years of what videos is coming up, right? Yeah, so that's April. Oh, yeah. 10 years of doing 90 second what videos. Yeah. Eight years of doing the podcast Yeah, is where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. So he said, I thought of a gift that I could give both of you to celebrate. I took all of the outtakes 
from 2017 up until December 1st of this year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and and edited them together by year. <laughs> oh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> so he put he puts in parentheses here, I plan on finishing this year. So have you been doing this for 3 year well, I guess it would be 6 years. Have you been doing this for 6 years? I don't know. Wow. So every year you're grabbing our outtakes. But that's hilarious. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, it would have to be like 200 episodes or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's about, you know, and, and given that you haven't been on every no. Friday episode, if it's yeah. just me, I don't throw an outtake on there. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel a little. Oh. <laughs> There was one time I was doing a what video, like I was recording the script to a video uh-huh. and I saved the whole thing because I was like, this would be funny to do this same video with the unedited audio so you can hear like all the mistakes that oh, I make uh-huh. to do a 90 second. Yeah. How and long I, it really takes you. <laughs> right. And I saved that, but I don't remember where it is. I got to try to find that and I could turn that into a what video. <laughs> So what, behind the scenes? That's right. Remember this video? Here's what the audio originally sounded like. You could do like um, a what extended or EXT. Yeah, no, it'll be the director's cut. There you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or I'd do a what video with uh, director's commentary behind it. There you go. That'd be hard to do. <laughs> anyway, he says, I got the idea from another listener who recently found out about the outtakes. Yeah, that was a few weeks ago. <laughs> and went to go back and listen to them. What would be the best way to send this to you? Right now, the folder is 357 megabytes. Can that be sent by email or a small flash drive and mail it to you or something else? God bless you both and congratulations on 10 years. Aww. Uh, yeah, what, what, what's that called? The Dropbox? Use the Dropbox option or the, I think there's something called a whale file. I have no idea. You can use, it's a one-time use thing. Mm-hmm. So you can just sign a quick account, drop it in there, and I have to I have to download it within like a week or something like that, and then it it deletes. Oh, that's interesting. So try something like that. Uh, one of those services where you can send a large file to somebody. Gmail will do it. I've not had any luck with them sending like large pictures. files. Yeah, pictures and videos and stuff. I guess okay, they've gotten better about the videos, but. Maybe it's just because my email's too full. I don't know, but <laughs> my brother's done pretty good with sending me large files through Gmail. Oh, really? Yeah, it's another one of those things where you have to download it within a certain period of time because then oh. Google will de- uh, they'll delete it to yeah. free up the space. But anyway, I'm sure there's you know a couple of different options you can find. If you want to send me the flash drive, I mean you can just mail it to the church. The address info is on the website. Let's see. Uh, tr- hang on. Trying to remember that off the top of my head again. ProvidenceCasagrande.com. There you go. <laughs> and you'll find the church address right there if you want to send it to me that way. Folks that have sent us gifts, that's how they're doing it. They're sending it to the church. Yeah. And we're getting our uh, our listener mail that way. That's the easiest way to go. This next one is from Travis in Oswego, New York. Ooh. He says, Dear Pastor Gabe, I loved hearing that you almost voiced Captain America in a movie. (laughs) 
That was a few weeks back we did that <laughs> uh-huh. a couple months ago. Yeah. So I was trying to do a little math based on what little information you gave. Be honest with me now. Was this the movie? And so he sends the title of the uh-huh. of the film that I Which said. Which you're not going to give No, up. I'm not going to give. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but was he right? He was right. Yeah. Awesome. He guessed it right. So... You know, as I, I, I had, how did we bring this up? It was a, we were talking about it with the kids one night. Yeah. So they wanted me to throw it in as a trivia question on the podcast. Uh-huh. And so I said, oh, it was the, we were no, playing it was the game. A Twitter. Wasn't it a Twitter? No, poll? no, 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 no. I didn't put no. it on Twitter. No, because we played with the kids. We were playing like two truths and a lie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And so I gave them three pieces of information and they had to guess which one was the lie. You didn't put that on Twitter? No, I don't think so. Okay. I th- I may have posted I mean, it on X, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that. it is. Twix. Twix. <laughs> <laughs> I may I may have done that. I don't I, I don't remember now. Oh yeah, I I think I did do it, but it was after we did it with the kids. Yeah. I knew it was after. And then somebody wanted to know the story behind it. Yeah. Was what it was. Yeah. That may have been what happened. But anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, the uh, uh, so as I said when we recounted that episode, I don't know why I turned it down. I just know that I did. It, it was a contest that I won, mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything in the contest about like you're going to get to be Captain America. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it was a, you have a chance to play a bit part mm-hmm. in an Avengers animated movie, and I and this was before the uh, the you know Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. So Marvel was still kind of struggling at the time because I know they had declared bankruptcy at one point and all of their properties were dispersed to different movie companies. Yeah. Because, you know, one company had Iron Man, another had Spider-Man, all this other kind of stuff. So I think this was in a period where Marvel was trying to get out of debt and they were, I used to be a comic fan back in the day. This is <laughs> why I know all of this stuff. What I gave g- you away? I gave away the last <laughs> of my comic books when we were moving to Casa Grande. I just yeah. decided I don't need these anymore. But anyway, the uh, uh, when Marvel was trying to get out of debt, they're doing these animated films. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, stuff that was just like straight to DVD. And so I entered this contest and I won. And it was to play a bit role in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they loved my audition. And so they started saying, we think we got a bigger part for you. And they had me reading for Captain America, Iron Man and Thor. Hmm. And I don't know why I skipped the last audition, but I just didn't do it. Yeah. And I just decided I wasn't going to do it. And and like I said in that episode, whatever it was that was in my head, you know, it was from God because my life would have taken a completely different course. Yeah. Had I gone to the last audition and decided that I wanted to be in the film. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of grateful that you didn't go that route. Of course. <laughs> Not sure how we would have met up then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would have been taken out of Kansas a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been the case. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, you know, so we said with the kids, your dad was almost Captain America in a movie. Mm-hmm. The reality, though, was that I was probably going to be Thor. Uh-oh. Because that was the part they had me reading the most. Uh-huh. And looking back on that, it's like, what would that have been like? So I become a pastor and I used to play a false god <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord saved you from that. Yes, one. <laughs> that's right. I don't remember any of the lines I read except one of Thor's lines. Oh yeah, and after all that practicing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't memorize anything. They gave me a script, so I just read it off the script. What? I can't do that. 
I have to practically memorize it. Oh yeah, no, I do. I wasn't memorizing because life. because I don't I don't read that uh, smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> but if anything, it's you know it's a fun story to tell the kids. It is. Your dad was almost Captain America. I'll leave it at that instead of Thor. <laughs> this question's from TJ in South Carolina. Dear Pastor Gabe, I thank you for your videos in your ministry. I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. At the present, I'm an associate pastor in an independent Baptist church, which I've been doing for two years, much like you did when you first began. But I'm getting to a point where I believe I'm ready to take on a senior pastor role. I know I'm still young. I have good counsel around me to help evaluate my worthiness and my qualifications. My question has to do with how to find a good church. Since you just moved from associate pastor back into a lead pastor role, what advice could you give about how to find a church to pastor? What to look for and what to avoid? What are some red flags? What are some potential pitfalls? Are there good websites you'd recommend for a job search? How do I prepare my family? How do I prepare the church that I would be leaving? Any advice that you could give would be appreciated. Oh, man. So I've emailed DJ some things. Well, that's good. Trying to answer like each one of these questions in particular. Right. And then some other things that I could think of on top of that. But so he says, what kind of advice would you give about how to find a church to pastor, what to look for and what to avoid? So the first thing I shared with him is talk to people that you know. Mm -hmm. Try to see if you can't go through the channels of the people that you know to find out if there's a church that's in search for a pastor, in search of a pastor, or maybe a church that's wanting to plant. Mm -hmm. Is your church wanting to plant? Yeah. Can use, use your resources. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Use those things that are available to you. Don't immediately think that, you know, blank slate. Mm -hmm. I'm going on a job site to try to find right. something to do. But if it comes to that, then you need to know your priorities first and foremost. That, that was something that um, was hard to think about, narrow down. Like, what is the most important thing? Yeah. Um, for you as a pastor. Right. That, um, and there's some things that we didn't know was important, but ended up being very important. Mm -hmm. Just to know your priorities and what you're looking for. And then that's your baseline to go off of. Because any church you can mold into where it needs to be at a slow process, of course, depending upon where it's at. Right. But, but your priorities have to be there to have any you have to have the shared authority. priorities yeah, yeah yeah to to help them in that yeah do you want to be in a church <laughs> where you're looking for a certain statement of faith and then that's the church i want to be in and pastor or are you looking for a kind of a church that's actually in a growth process mm -hmm. so you're really going to find somebody that's mostly immature yeah and then you're going to come in and help to kind of grow that church right that was what First Southern Baptist was for us in Junction City. Mm -hmm. So I'm stepping into a senior pastor role in a church that was very immature mm -hmm. and then bringing it up, which included changing the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, statement of faith, things like that. There were numerous things that we went through and even trying to move the church in the direction of leaving the Southern Baptist Convention and becoming Reformed Baptist, mm -hmm. which I didn't get to accomplish while I was there. But my successor, Ryan, mm -hmm. finished that work and yeah. did a great job within two years I think even less than that, of us leaving, mm -hmm. he had brought the church out of the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, adopted a Reformed Baptist Statement of Faith, the London Baptist 1689. Yeah. So that was where I was attempting to go with that. 
But then, uh, you know, when it came time for me to leave First Baptist and become pastor again in another church. No, First Baptist. First Baptist. I'm going to First Baptist of Lindale now. Got it. Okay. So when it came time to leave First Baptist and step into a church, Mm -hmm. Becky and I start talking about what are we looking for? Right. And one of the things that I was sure that I was not going to do was come into a church with uh, a dispensational eschatology. Mm -hmm. And not to knock anybody who believes dispensationalism. John MacArthur, for example, is a dispensationalist. Right. But I have enough experience in churches that I've been in over the years to know that this tends to be a pretty divisive issue. Yeah. Well, because you don't hold that view. I don't. I'm not a dispensationalist. And it will eventually come about. Yeah. In your preaching and everything, that it will be an issue because that's, I mean, that's what we had at um, First Southern Baptist in, in Junction is is there were some people who were and it caused conflict there a little bit. That yeah, that, and pretty early to, on. Had to work out. Yeah. It, that was one of the first doctrinal conflicts I think we had. Yep. When I first stepped in is some of the people that were dispensationalists and found out Gabe doesn't believe in a pre-trib rapture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was some controversy there. Uh, there was there was a church that was actually very mature, had done incredible work and made significant progress in establishing their statement of faith and growing their body and things like this. This would have been at the end of last decade. And they had contacted me and really wanted me to become their pastor. Mm -hmm. And I loved this church. We knew a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. It was very ideal. It was a church that was kind of, it was out in the country. So nice and quiet. Yeah. They had a parsonage. Yeah. So we didn't even have to worry about, you know, selling the house and and, close by family. Yeah. We were close to family and things like that. It really was Mm -hmm. an ideal situation. Yeah. But when I talked with the elders of that church, I, I could not seem to get them to understand I don't think this is going to go as well as you think it will. Mm -hmm. Like, we would love to do this. Don't get me wrong. We would love to come in. I'd love to come in and pastor. There's such differences between our eschatologies. You don't realize the problems this is going to cause until we get into it. Right. Until you start wanting me to teach (laughs) on the return of Christ, the the relationship between Israel and the church, Mm -hmm. what I believe about that. The temple, the rebuilding of the temple and all these other kinds of things. When we start stepping into those doctrines, they're going to be so radically different from the paradigm that you're used to. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you're prepared for the kinds of conflicts <laughs> that will arise yeah. as a result of those differences in doctrine. And so I kind of took myself out of the consideration yeah. just based on that. And, and that was honestly, that was out of love for that church. Yes. You guys are doing well. Let's not upset yeah. the apple cart, you know, so yeah. to speak. We so st- we still want that friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we still have it. We do. <laughs> still love that church dearly, and it's mm-hmm. it's always great to see the how uh, successful they've been and the accomplishments they've made and things like that. Yeah, they were committed to that eschatology. Yes, and if they wanted to change it, I would not have had a problem with coming in and saying, "Okay, here's what needs to change." Mm-hmm. But that we we just were not there in those conversations to find out if that was the way the church wanted to go. Right. So they're still where they are, and that's fine. And they, so these are the kinds of things you need to evaluate. Mm-hmm. And and do you want to put in the hard work as if it was a new plant, or do you want one that's like already there, mm-hmm. ready to step in and like a brand new house? You know. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Right. 
Uh, and Becky and I had talked about when we were leaving Junction City, it was the time for us to at least consider it. Yeah. We weren't really thinking in, ter- in the in the sense of it's time for us to go. We just need to go. No, that, that wasn't the no. way we ever approached it. But is it time for us to now consider something else? Mm-hmm. And so when we were talking about that, it was, you know, we always wanted to be part of a Reformed Baptist church. We were trying to move this in the direction of a Reformed Baptist church. Mm-hmm. So is this the time? Now's the time for us to find a Reformed Baptist church. I can go be a pastor there. Mm-hmm. But but ultimately, the opportunity that came up for us in Lindale was just too good to pass up. Right. And so we went there, even though yeah, the, the leadership there is Calvinist, but the statement of faith there was not Reformed Baptist. We've talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. But then when we left Lindale and came here, then I was specifically looking for a Reformed Baptist church. Yeah. And by the way, we connected with Providence Reformed Baptist here in Casa Grande, through Founders Ministry. Yes. And if you are a church that's looking for a pastor, if you're a Reformed Baptist church looking for a pastor, please use the Founders website. Yes. Because there are not many churches that are listed on there. Yeah. But I'd love to see more churches utilizing that. Yeah. What Founders has on their website. Again, use your resources. Right. Exactly. Yes. So that's that's founders.org. Now, I would tell you to look in the connections that you have first, but yes, but then first if you and foremost. yeah, if you think you need to be on a job site looking for something, mm-hmm. top two recommendations would be Founders, and then TGC's website. Mm-hmm. I know TGC doesn't have the greatest reputation, especially among the Reformed right now. But that aside, they have a great jobs page. Yeah, whatever you know, problems some of their articles have been over the last few years. That's a different discussion. Right, but they have they have a great jobs page. Mm-hmm. That I, I think is a good church search option for so you. So far, there. yeah. yeah. Um, so then, what's what's another question that he has? What to look for and what to avoid. What are some red flags? Uh, you want to know why the previous pastor left. Mm, yes, that's a good question to ask. Can you even contact him and talk with him mm-hmm. and ask him why he left? Mm-hmm. If they're reluctant to let you do that, that that could be a red flag. Yeah. But at the same time, look into it. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, there have been there have been some pretty dramatic stories that I've witnessed in churches and I didn't find it necessary to have to contact the former pastor. Yeah. Uh, I think the situation was pretty well established what had happened, that it wasn't necessary for me to have to contact the previous guy. You know what I mean? Right. Are there any good websites you'd recommend for a job search? Answered that one. Mm -hmm. How do I prepare my family? Well, I was not going to do this move without Becky's approval. (laughs) (laughs) I told Becky I would be looking for, uh, you know, a potential church that we would become a part of. Mm -hmm. I would start those conversations and get the ball rolling. But I told her at any point in this process, you have veto power. Mm -hmm. So Becky could have said this isn't going to work. Right. Uh, I don't I don't like where we would be moving to. I'm just not feeling it myself. Mm -hmm. There's red flags about the church that she can see that I can't see. Mm -hmm. Something about it doesn't seem right. Becky's got good intuition with stuff like that. And so I trusted her judgment, but I also did not want to move somewhere that she just wasn't going to be happy. Yeah. So Becky had veto power. (laughs) And we prayed, you know, during that entire time. It It was praying together, asking that, you know, Lord, if this is it, 
swing that door wide open. Yep. If not, let there be something that shuts it in our face. Yes. And every time we prayed for something like that, it happened. Yeah. There, there was a clear sign that we're supposed to continue mm-hmm. or no, that's it. We, right. We had our answer given to us. There wasn't any reason to have to continue forward with this. Yeah. And um, we we made sure that the the kids were um, well loved. Yeah, especially how um, our fifteen year old moved in the middle of the semester. Yeah, that and, and you know that was going to be hardest on her because yeah. of how old she is. Yeah, so we made sure that that everybody was prepared and just to know that the things that they miss, we can make sure that those things t- still happen and that they need to figure out what's priority in their lives. Because, I mean, they're old enough to talk about it. Like, I need more time with you guys, you know, or I need more time with my friends or just to make sure that they have those those um, people to help them keep accountable. And um, not just from us, but from others, because, you know, everybody listens to somebody else. That's true. Right. There there might be something (laughs) they would not be willing to tell their parents that they're willing to share with somebody else. Right. And we would tell our kids, it's okay for you to be sad. Mm-hmm. about leaving your friends yeah it is because there's things that you know as parents we tell them don't cry over that you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no reason for you to act up and behave yes. the way that you are because of this right but when it came to moving we told them yeah if you because we're sad too right yeah we didn't want to leave our friends either we wish we could take everybody with us yes oh my goodness yes and it's great and that even family before that yeah right <laughs> And it's uh, it's great that even where we're coming into here in Casa Grande, we've got friends from back in our church in Kansas. We do. That are actually nearby. Yeah. And we're able to connect with them and, and spend some time together, though we haven't seen each other in years. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. And um, and so we, we just made sure that the, the family was prepared as far as like, you know, um, we're expanding our church family. Like... There are Christians all over the world, and we're just expanding our church family. Because in in Kansas, they came and went because of the military. And so we just, we made that a big thing of, you know, they're they're all over the world. Like, our family is all over the world now. And so then when we moved to Texas, it was, okay, now we're just expanding the family, you know? More family. Yeah. So now we're just expanding it a little bit more. That's right. (laughs) And and made sure that they they kept their eye on on Christ and, and... just to know that it is a real thing that the church is all over the world. Yeah. And that you can feel at home with Christians no matter where you are. Right. And cultural differences and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus said with his disciples in Mark 10, you will, you'll have many more mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and lands. Yes. Yes, exactly. And we all have that common connection. It's just like, you know, I can be in a room full of strangers and still feel at home because I know they're in Christ, you know? Yeah, right. And you just feel that that deeper connection. It's just amazing. Anyway. Absolutely. Uh, how do you, Well, one of the last questions here, how do I prepare the church that I would be leaving? Yeah, that one's, that one's a tougher one. That depends on circumstances. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that, I mean, it's never an easy thing to do. I remember... When I uh, when I was leaving Lindale, mm-hmm. there was uh, a friend of mine had relayed to me that someone else in the church asked him, is this the way this typically goes? Like a pastor interviews with another church and he doesn't tell the church that he's leaving. And uh, and, you know, this friend of mine that this member was talking to was like, I mean, how else would you do it? 
Yeah. What do you do? It's uh, <laughs> now, there was a, a pastor before me who was there at the church that actually told the church, listen, I want to be a pastor. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm leaving this congregation. I'm going to be looking for another. Can you be praying for me and for my family that we're finding the right fit? Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep it from everybody. Yeah. If you feel like you're in a spot, especially as associate pastor like that, that you can share that kind of information, then yeah, go ahead and do that. But for me, I did not want I didn't want to get it in anybody's head that I was unhappy or unsatisfied there for any reason, Mm -hmm. especially when there was a possibility that we could have been doing a church plant there in East Texas. So if my conversations with another church didn't work out, I didn't want to leave the impression that I wasn't committed or dedicated to this area Mm -hmm. that would harm the possibility of doing a church plant. So that was why I kept those things pretty close to the chest, unless I knew for sure we were going to go. I just wasn't sharing it with anybody else. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's imperative to have people praying for you. Yes. So yeah, you can't keep it so secret that, you know, the only person that knows is you. Right. So, so whether it's a small group or whether it's the whole church, but you need people praying for you and giving you advice and bouncing ideas off and that sort of thing. So that way you, you have guidance through it because you're going to have that for the rest of your career. So, right. <laughs> and the rest of our lives as Christians. So it's, yeah, definitely. Well, and like TJ said, he does have, uh, see, I'm looking for where he said this. I have, Good counsel around me to help evaluate my worthiness and my qualifications. That's good. And Perfect. and listen to their counsel. If you've yes. got somebody in that group of men that you trust that's telling you, we just don't think you're ready for this yet, or you mm-hmm. need to give a year or two more to this, mm-hmm. then listen to them. Listen to what it is that they have to say to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, God grows you through your your circumstances. Right. So. And the people around you. Exactly. I mean, sanctification is a community project. Amen. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we grow and help to sanctify each other in the church. But good question. I'm glad you're seeking those things out, TJ. And I, I want to pray for you here at the end as well mm-hmm. as you're in that process. This is from Cy in Iowa. Dear Gabe and Babe, <laughs> a friend of mine. Was that every email? No, just uh, nah. the, the TJ's was Dear Pastor Gabe. Yeah. I was like, is everybody calling you babe now? So, <laughs> dear Gabe and babe, a friend of mine is an anti-Christmasist. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't heard that term before. That's good. That is good. I love this man. I have known him my whole life, but I wish he would fly south for the winter so I didn't have to deal with his anti-Christmas <laughs> ranting. <laughs> Every year, everyone within a 10-mile radius has to hear him gripe about how godless Christmas is because every tradition is repackaged paganism. His favorite seasonal verse is Jeremiah 10, 3 through 4, which he says is exactly about Christmas trees. I swear the guy is more passionate about hating Christmas than he is about sharing the gospel. You have probably covered this before, but can you please debunk this foolish myth that Jeremiah 10 has anything to do with Christmas trees? Merry Christmas to you and your family. Sigh. And, and that's Merry Christmas. That's Sigh, S Y, not, uh, not he's S-I-G-H. sighing. <laughs> yeah. He's sighing at the end of the. <sighs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so, Jeremiah 10, beginning in verse 1 Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord. Learn not the way of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens. 
because the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Going on to verse 5. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field, and they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. What is Jeremiah describing there? An idol. An idol. He's not talking about a Christmas tree. Nope. But man, people just Pack love that. Yeah, they they cut down a tree and they cover it with silver and gold. Oh, that's a Christmas tree. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. It's how you'll cut a piece of wood. You'll shape it into it's the like, shape that you want it to be it's in. It's like the golden calf. You know, they melt right. it down the, the golden exactly. the calf. And, and then they pour the melted gold or silver over, over the wooden yeah. thing that they've made. And now they have a gold or silver idol. There you go. That's what it is. It has nothing to do with a Christmas tree. Which is why they have to carry it around. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's it's uh, it, it's not it's neither human nor an actual God. Nope. So they have to pick it up and transport it's it from decoration. place to place. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you read this in Isaiah, you read it in Ezekiel, you read it in Jeremiah, yes. the rebuke that's given to the people because they worship these idols and their foolishness displayed in things like this because they're bowing down to something they had to make mm-hmm. and they have to carry it. Mm hmm. But yet they think it will do something for them. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the right. Sometimes they're afraid of it. Yep. If I don't give this thing an offering today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be cursed. It's, it's not going to give me anything, you know, something to that effect. But uh, yeah. So that's the absurdity that gets highlighted in passages like this. It's not about a Christmas tree. And listen, if somebody doesn't want to celebrate Christmas. That's fine. That's one thing. Scripture doesn't tell us that we have to. Right. Jesus' birth, birth date, isn't even recorded in Scripture. Nope. So December 25th is is a guess. So what what he should do is buy your 25 Christmas myths book. There, there you go. Okay. There's my <laughs> Hand book. Hand it over. <laughs> 25 Christmas myths and what the Bible says. By the way, so last week I said we've got the updated version out. Uh-huh. So there's an intro in it. And I got the Scripture index at the end and all this other kind of thing. Uh, if you had ordered it that day when I said that, Uh-oh. you didn't get the updated version with the intro in it. Uh-oh. Because Amazon had not yet approved Oh no! the new manuscript. It actually goes through, there's a waiting period because they have to approve the oh, content. Oh, yeah. They don't just okay. let anything get posted. Huh. So the new manuscript, when I submitted it, had to go through the approval process again. Oh, man. So if you ordered it then... Try again. You Update it. Right. You didn't get the updated version. <laughs> so you got to buy it again now. What? Do they really? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm kidding. I was going to say, I thought you said they didn't have to. You still have the same content in the book. You just don't have the introduction. And it yeah. still says that I'm a pastor in Kansas rather than a pastor yeah. in Arizona. You little, know, little bio in there. And that I have four kids. Yep. Not five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because in Kansas, you did have four. <laughs> That's right. Kansas only had four kids. Yeah. Now we have five. We added one when we went to Texas. Are we going to add one oh, in Arizona? No. <laughs> You're not ready for number six, babe? I am too old. <laughs> 
So, yeah, that book, because I do cover Christmas trees in that book. I cover Santa Claus and many other things. Even, you know, as you brought up, Cy, that your friend says that Christmas is just repackaged pagan myths. It's not. Nope. I mean, there may be a few traditions in there that have pagan origins to them, but they're not any of the significant things that we recognize at Christmas time because we're celebrating the incarnation of Christ. There's nothing pagan about that. Well, see, that's where I kind of get a little irritated with Christmas is because they sometimes don't focus on the incarnation of Christ. And they're really focusing on Santa Claus. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. It's all right. about Santa. Right. Which, which, by the way, I cover that in the book also. Yes. Uh, and, and studying some of those things with regards to Santa Claus... I did not realize how much that myth is it's almost purely American. Oh really? So the the thing about, you know, Santa Claus with St. Nicholas, the Dutch children would put out their shoes yeah. and and uh the they orange they brought that tradition over yeah. to the United States with them. Or the gold rather. That actually is a myth that feeds into the myth. Uh, really? So the origin of Santa in America really does not have anything to do with the tradition of Dutch kids. It is purely an American invention. Hmm. Okay. But you have to re- you have to uh, get the book to find out. Yeah. <laughs> to read about that. I'll have to reread it. Yes, there are some St. Nicholas things that go on in the past, and some of that was brought into this myth of Santa Claus, mm-hmm. but it wasn't some evolution of things that turned into what Santa Claus is today. Mm. Santa Claus, as you know it, as you see him in his red suit and all that, you know, holding a bottle of Coca-Cola and everything. Yeah. Whenever you... <laughs> That's how I picture it every time. <laughs> every time, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that that image, as you know it, it's purely an American invention. It is not the evolution of all of these different Santa myths that, are, that originally or, or eventually arrive at this. Mm-hmm. But you have to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> I would just read that chapter for you here, but uh, we're out of time. Yeah. We've been doing this for an hour. So what I want to do right here, I'm going to play the what video about Christmas trees. Okay. And how Jeremiah 10 is not about that. And then uh, we'll, we'll close. We'll get to the close here. All right. So here's the video that I did a year or two ago on various myths surrounding Christmas trees. Did you know Christmas trees are forbidden in the Bible? Jeremiah 10, 3-4 says, For the customs of the people are vanity. A tree is cut down and worked by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. What could that be but a Christmas tree? Well, verse 5 says it's describing an idol, and Christmas trees symbolize that we don't worship idols. The story goes that in the 8th century, a man named Boniface went throughout Germania sharing the gospel, a very dangerous mission. He came upon a group of heathens who sacrificed babies to Thor under the Thunder Oak. Grieved by such barbarism, Boniface chopped down the tree and put an end to human sacrifice. The people were amazed Thor did not strike him down. Upon the stump, Boniface declared that Jesus Christ is God, and their pagan gods did not exist. He pointed to a small fir tree that pointed up to heaven, its leaves evergreen like the everlasting life we have in Christ. No longer worship the false gods in the wild wood, he said, but worship the true God at home with family. 
That was the meaning of the first Christmas tree. So again, a Christmas tree is not pagan. It's a reminder that we used to be pagan. Besides, there's no difference between having a Christmas tree and any other kind of plant. Whether you have a Christmas tree or not, let your testimony be that of 1 Thessalonians 1, 9-10. How you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come when we understand the text. All right, folks, thanks for joining us for another Friday edition. Yes. And you can send your questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. What do we got coming up in the near future? Next week is, what is the date? Today's the 8th. Mm-hmm. Ninth. Next week, no, no, it's the 8th. Oh, it is the 8th. You're right. Because remember, I'm getting this on before midnight. Uh, okay. <laughs> It will be December 8th when this uploads. Then the 15th. Then the 15th. Then the 22nd. 22nd. Okay, so we got two more episodes before Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're going to do a Christmas episode or not. It it depends on how many Christmas questions I get. Sure. But uh, yeah. So and then on the 29th, Mm -hmm. we are going to do a year in review. So we typically on that that last Friday of the year, we look back over some of the biggest events that happened in the year. Yes. And then something usually happens after that. After that. Right. Still in the same year. Last (laughs) last year, I actually made the joke because it was on the 30th Uh and I made the joke. You know, these are the biggest events that happened in the year. So barring something like the Pope dying, there won't be another big story. And then it happened. And then it happened. The Pope died (laughs) on December 31st. Man, I I could have been a prophet there. I could have called that one. And uh, I don't know if you want that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty scary title. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, not, not a prophet. And then the next week. So then January 5th. We'll be, uh, we'll go back over our biggest videos of the year. Oh, awesome. And then do a countdown of the top 10 and, and kind of talk about why this video was so popular. Right now, it's looking like all the chosen videos that I did oh, yeah, earlier probably. this year <laughs> are going to be the ones that have been viewed the most. I don't doubt that. <laughs> it's, uh, it was pretty popular. I haven't heard so much about it anymore. Well, because season four is coming out. Oh, so I think that's so that's either in between in, seasons. Yeah, huh? it's okay. either February or March. Got it. That's season four. And then you're going to hear it all over again. Then all the chosen <laughs> stuff will just explode again. Good to know. I can brace myself. <laughs> all right, let's pray. I want to lift up TJ in prayer here. Yeah, and and uh, as we close things out, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. And we come together like this because we are, are just overjoyed by the forgiveness that we have received in Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We've been made right with God. We have fellowship with God. And so what a great thing to be able to talk about all the different theology that's wrapped up in uh, our our being forgiven and, and in relationship with God and the promise of eternity, eternal life that we will have with Jesus Christ. Though we have differing opinions on how some of those last things are going to come about at the end of time, Yet we all agree that we who are in Christ will be together with the Lord in glory. And then we can look at our brothers and sisters and say, huh, I was right or you were right or whatever else. But may Christ be glorified in the midst of all of this. As we've had some of these questions that have come in here, I pray for Cy and the friend that he has to tolerate with his uh, (laughs) anti-Christmas rhetoric. 
but I pray that you give him patience and you give him wisdom and how he may respond to his friend and teach him to be a little bit more charitable and, uh, and maybe understand, Hey, my friends at Christmas like to celebrate the incarnation of Christ. And so that is something worth celebrating together any day of the year, of course, but what a great thing that uh, it gets marked on all of our calendars, the birth of Christ, the reminder that God came into the world. First Timothy one fifteen, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And so we, uh, we remember that all the time, of course, but what a great thing that it becomes on the lips of people uh, uh, throughout our culture right around Christmas time. I also want to pray for TJ and anybody else that might be looking for a pastor role. Give them wisdom in that search. And may the desire be to simply preach Christ and his gospel that the people of God may be edified and built up in whatever area you put TJ in. He has that opportunity through evangelism to even witness to and minister to the area where he will live and invest himself and his ministry so that others may come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and uh, and have the guarantee of eternity with our Lord. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray that your justice would be done in the earth and that uh, righteousness will dwell forever. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. What? All right. Right. Can you hear there? I can... Yeah. We've been chatting for like the last three minutes, and I've had this recording the whole time, oh, but did I, you? I didn't have our microphones on. Ah, well, you know, <laughs> technicalities. This doesn't seem to come all the way over here. I wonder why that is. I'm already yawning. I need to stop. Yes, one of the emails that we have today begins... <laughs> Oh, Dear no. Gabe and Yawning Babe. Ah, uh, yes, it is a thing. <laughs> you've uh, you've developed a reputation. I have for being a babe and yawning. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> is that like the equivalent of Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> I think it's I think it's pre Sleeping Beauty. Uh, pre Sleeping. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> About to be Sleeping Beauty. I am always prettier after I have slept, that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> At least my attitude is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's it's more like, I mean, your hair is all like up here. Yeah, it's great. It, it's, it's like you have an 80s Se- do. Severe bedhead. You wake yes. up with an 80s do. I do. <laughs> oh, man. I've got so much hair. It is all over. <laughs> you and Annie both. You got really long hair right now. Yep. I like and, it. And thick. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of hair. That's like a lot of hair. Exactly. I think of Rapunzel every time I'm pushing it. I'm like, yep. That's a lot of hair. But what did, what did she have? 80 feet of hair? 70. 70 feet of hair. Yeah. All right. You ready? I think. Isn't it 70? That's going to bug me now. I think it was 80. Is it? I'm pretty sure it was 80 feet of hair. I don't know. Look it up. It's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> I have to do this before we start the yep. show. How long was Rapunzel's hair? No, you were, you were right. 70 Woo-hoo! feet. <laughs> 70 feet of hair. There we go. But then it didn't sound right after I said it. 
Like, my head knew it, but then it was like, well, maybe. Rapunzel's hair entangled is approximately 70 feet long. It took more than 30 animators and engineers to animate it. I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) They they were probably working on that for a long time, too. 